Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to be reading Revelation 17 verses 12 through 14. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. I'll stop reading there. Now, in our last study, uh, we were looking at the ten horns, which God says are ten kings, and they will receive power as kings one hour with the beast. And we uh, mentioned that the Great Tribulation period is typified as one hour. And and that confirms that uh, God is, um, through using these ten horns and their period of rule, and, and that's why Revelation 13, when the beast comes up out of the sea with seven heads and ten horns and crowns upon their heads, that's when they're ruling as kings. It identifies with the little season of the Great Tribulation. And then in verse 13 of chapter 17, it says, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So the ten horns that will rule as kings for the one hour or the duration of the Great Tribulation period have one mind. And the Greek word translated as mind, uh, which is Strong's number 1106, genome, or genome, um, is only translated as mind two times. It's not the usual word um, translated as mind. Actually, there are several different Greek words in the New Testament that are translated as mind, but this word isn't isn't even one of the more typical words or usual words. It's only translated twice as mind here and once in Philemon in verse 14. The Greek word gnome is also translated as advice or agree or judgment. Let's look at a couple of places that this word is found. Uh, one is in Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 10. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. The word advice is the same word. And in um, the same chapter of Revelation, chapter 17, verse 17, it says, For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. The word agree is this word translated as mine. 
Now, one other place in 1 Corinthians, I think, um, may be the most helpful to assist us in understanding how it's being used in the verse we're looking at. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And there the the English word judgment is a translation of gnome, it, of 1106 in Strong's Concordance. And, 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 and so, um, it's not the word for mind, but it, it has this idea that, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.10 is expressing of, uh, of agreement, of unity, that we speak the same thing, no divisions among you, perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And that's what this verse is saying these all have one mind or one judgment one agreement or counsel one consent they're they're like-minded the the ten horns and the reason for that is because even though god speaks of seven heads and ten horns of the beast it's all just satan it's all speaking of the same evil creature that uh, was an angel and fell at the beginning and has existed all throughout the history of the world. And at the time of the end, uh, his dominion was increased. God um, permitted it. It was part of God's plan that he was to um, be elevated in his rule over the earth and, and over the churches and congregations. So here, uh, by saying that these all, the, the ten horns, which are ten kings, it's not as though they're ten um, different fractions or, or different evil spirits or anything like that. It's all Satan, and Satan is unified in his wickedness and his evil intent and to carry out his evil desires and and plans and and so they all have that one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast and who's the beast satan so it's um a unity of evil within the kingdom of darkness and as Satan rules in that dominion, there there is not um, any uh, dissent. There there is no uh, other ruler that rises up and and has a, a different method or or different plans. No, it's all together. They they all are in agreement, and it is all under the rule of the devil of Satan. And uh, it says in verse 14, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Now, we need to be careful here, because 
it's speaking of Satan, speaking of the ten horns, the ten kings that rule for that one hour, the great tribulation period, and they shall make war with the Lamb. But notice it says the Lamb shall overcome them, which is is different from what we read in some other places. For instance, if we go back to Revelation 11. In Revelation 11, it says in verse 7, of the two witnesses, which represent the word of God's presence within the churches and and how God used his word to accomplish his purpose within the churches and congregations of the world during the church age. And it says in verse uh, 7 of Revelation 11, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Now, notice the beast is making war against them, the two witnesses, and that would be Satan's assault against the churches and congregations. He's really coming against the word of God. God, um, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ departs out of the church and just turns it over to him and abandons the corporate church to Satan. Satan is the conqueror. Satan is the the one that has overcome the church. But it does not say there when it says the beast descends out of the bottomless pit and makes war against them, it does not say the lamb as it does in Revelation 17, but against them, the place where the two witnesses were identified with the church and Satan overcomes the church. The two witnesses uh, are killed and they lie dead in the street because the Spirit of God has left the church, leaving them with Bibles that are lifeless, without God's Spirit, without God's power and blessing. It is as though the testimony of the Word of God is finished, it's over, it's it's a dead thing within the corporate church. And, and Satan, at the beginning of the Great Tribulation and throughout the 23-year period, May 21, 1988 through May 21, 2011, he overcomes. And that's an important distinction to make that that's not what we're reading in chapter 17. Now also, in Revelation 13, we uh, again, we read of the beast, and he comes up out of the sea, um, his deadly wound is healed, they, they worship the, the dragon that gave power unto the beast, uh, it says in verse 4, and um, in, in verse 7 of Revelation 13, it says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And the saints were performing their ministry within the corporate church. So as God turned over the church, he gave the the battle to Satan to overcome even the saints. The presence of the true believers 
within the churches and congregations could not uh, forestall, they could not stop the, the defeat of the church, the corporate body, to Satan the beast. And, and again, it was given unto him. God's the one that gave to, to the beast to make war with the saints and to overcome them. So this again be, uh, identifies with the beginning of the Great Tribulation and throughout. And notice also it does not say it was given unto Satan to make war with the Lamb and to overcome, but with the saints. Now if we go back to the Old Testament, to Daniel chapter 7, which also is uh, likewise speaking of uh, the period of the Great Tribulation in verse 21. And it says in Daniel 7:21, And I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Then he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Here the hitherto is the end of the matter. And in this passage God has laid out the great tribulation period wherein the horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days came and and judgment was given to the saints of the most high. So the beast or Satan is able to wear out the saints of the Most High until a certain point, and, and as verse 26 says, the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And on May 21, 2011, at the end of the Great Tribulation period, Satan's dominion was taken away. The beast's rule was taken from him and the Lord Jesus took the kingdom and of course since the saints are with him we took the kingdom along uh, uh, with him as Christ is judging the world with the saints we read in a few places in the Bible and and that's what uh, is in view here uh, let's go back to Revelation 17 and in verse 14, these shall make war with the Lamb. But again, notice, 
and the Lamb shall overcome them. So th this is the time of the transition of the judgment uh, as judgment began at the house of God and Satan was instrumental. God utilized him to bring the judgment on the church. But after that, just as the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar brought judgment on Judah, but at the end of 70 years, God turned around and judged Babylon. And at the end of the Great Tribulations, 23 years, God turned around and judged Satan, the beast, and all of his forces for their sins. It is the day of the judgment of the world of Babylon, the, the kingdom of Satan. And yet Satan, uh, perhaps encouraged by his conquest of the corporate church, that had the name of Christ, dared to think that he could overcome Christ himself. So these shall make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb is the Lamb of God that, that taketh away the sins of the world. Christ the Lord is the Lamb. And, and the Lamb shall overcome them. It's a different story. This isn't a lifeless dead church in in which professed Christians um, who claim Christ yet lack the power of God because they're not true believers or true Christians. They're actually within the kingdom of Satan themselves because they've never been saved. It's, it's quite a different story to overcome a professed people of God and then to overcome God Almighty, the everlasting God of the Bible himself. And, and that's who came to the battle on May 21, 2011, to do war with Satan and his forces. And it's interesting how God does speak of Christ as the Lamb in that day of battle. If we go to Revelation chapter 6, it says that, uh, in verse 16 and 17, And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That's the, the Lord Jesus, the great day of God, and it's called the great day of of the wrath of the Lamb. In Revelation 14, in verse 10, it says, speaking of the cup of the wrath of God, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, or holy messengers, and in the presence of the Lamb, Christ coming uh, um, in the day of judgment as the angry, wrathful Lamb of God. In Revelation chapter 19, we read, beginning in verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, 
for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Well, the marriage supper of the Lamb is Judgment Day. It is uh, the time when the Lord Jesus Christ goes forth to battle the forces of the enemy kingdom, Satan and all unsaved inhabitants of the earth. It says in verse 16, and speaking of the Lord, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse. There is the similar statement to what we're reading in Revelation 17, verse 14. They make war against the Lamb, yet the Lamb overcomes them. And here is the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies making war against him that sat on the horse, the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and against his army, which is the saints. It is the bride of Christ, all those that are clothed in fine, clean, white linen. That is our marriage garment. That is our bridal gown. And the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And and all are clothed that way because we have been cleansed from all sin and were considered pure and clean. Uh, all iniquity is washed away by the blood of Christ. Now, if we go back to Revelation 17:14, notice it says, The Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. Just as we saw, it's stated in chapter 19, And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now, for some reason, some people fail to understand when God says that he comes with ten thousands of his saints, that the saints are referring to all the elect. They they fail to understand God's statement in 1 Corinthians 6 that says, um, Know ye not that the saints shall judge the world? And he's speaking to the true believers that we will judge the world with him. And yet here it is again. It's the day of battle. Satan, the beast, is making war against the Lamb. And what does Revelation seventeen fourteen say? Uh, who is it that are with the Lamb? They that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. It is the elect of God. It is the body of true believers, the saints, the bride of Christ that are with the Lamb. And so here in Revelation 19.19, 19, 
when the beast and his army are gathered against him that sat on the horse and against his army. That, that is the army of Joel chapter two, that mighty army of God's people that goes forth as God utilizes them to bring destruction in the day of judgment. It's the army of locusts that Revelation 9 describes. It's the army of 200 million that were loosed from Babylon, from the bondage of this world. And they go forth on horseback, also in Revelation chapter 9. This is the army that Satan battles against. But it says in Revelation 19, verse 20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them, that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So Satan is cast into the lake of fire on May 21, 2011, alive. That is, he continues to exist throughout the period of Judgment Day, this prolonged period of time, very likely 1,600 days in in length. And, And it's as though he's burning throughout the entire time of the the Day of Wrath. And then it says in verse 21, And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That That is the supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb. God has saved his bride. He has, or she has made herself ready through the sending forth of the gospel so that all finally heard, and God saved the last of the elect, thus completing the bride of Christ. She is clothed with her fine white linen as a marriage garment and and she goes to war in the day of the marriage supper of the lamb and the death the destruction the end of the wicked is what is uh, provided for that supper feast Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.